I am unashamed. What about you? How's, how's that uh, jet lag working for you with the can't, sleep? Can't sleep. I'm all messed up. You know, just, Get out in the middle of the night. You know, when we went to Scotland a few years ago and filmed for the show, and it, I thought I was, I laughed at him for doing it, but it turned out it was probably pretty smart. But Cy, you know, he never, we all kind of crossed over and got on their time frame because there's a big difference, six hour difference. But Cy so said, hey. Cy said, no. 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 I'm going to bed. So he just stayed up all night, every night, stayed on his normal schedule. And then when he wasn't working, he slept. When he was, he didn't sleep. So that was his way of dealing with it, which, hey, it worked, I guess. You know, I decided to cross over and then I mean, come back. At about three or four in the morning, I'm 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 awake no matter what, <laughs> which will be perfect for duck season, which is coming up, yeah. coming up fast. Well, I heard when I got back, I heard you uh, had a couple of near death experiences, and you wasn't gonna tell me about them, were you? <laughs> well, I didn't want to <laughs> spread the news and put fear in anybody's mind. No, it never. My blood pressure never went up because I said the only we difference moved. in me and you, the person telling me the story, one Jay Stone, as as I said, I'm not surprised. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we moved a floating duck blind by taking the pontoons out from under it, putting them on a trailer, and we went down through a narrow narrow trail in the woods. It would hold barely a pickup truck put on a trailer with pontoons on it. So we took the pontoons down, set them out of where the blind's going to be. Then we had to come back and get the duck the duck blind. So I measured the the narrow trees on the road. I measured each one of them to see if it was wide enough to go down through there or we have to cut I mean, at this one point, down. At this point in the story, this seems like a harmless venture. <laughs> harmless venture. Because it's dry land, right? That's right. So everything's running smooth. I've I've looked at it. I said there's a couple of places where I have to have hit it just at the right angle for the blind on the trailer to get in between the, the close-growing trees. So... I ran into some snags at first, had to back, you'd have to back it up the trailer, big long trailer. The boats, I mean the 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 blind, let's see, when I measured it, I think it was about uh it's like twenty thirteen. There was thirteen feet. I had to have at least thirteen feet in between the trees for okay. the blind to go through it. Well a couple of them were just right, you know, quarter of an inch. <laughs> Well you, I got a big long trailer. I mean any you go into it wrong angle. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, I finally we made it till I got on the dump that we put across the the, the, the slough. We put a raised a dump up, hauled dirt in there, came way up. What's the weight limit on that dump? Well, <laughs> there any signage down there? We, we put a lot of dirt on it, and we said <laughs> we think this will hold a four wheeler at least. Then we said it'll hold a truck, but I got on one end of that thing and when I'm going down that levee it's a dump we put there way up built way up one mistake and whatever you're in is going to roll down that bank <laughs> so I got out there and I got in this in the middle of the thing there was an overcup tree coming out like that here's the dump right here he's pointing it out the overcup the overcup is right on my left the pickup truck goes by the overcup, and and here comes the blind and the trailer. Uh-oh. I'm I'm six inches. I need six more inches. I'm on the top of a dump. Yeah. Which is just a truck best barely will go through. I move over six inches. I I run the risk of the entire truck going down the bank. So you stopped and reassessed. So I stopped and got out and I'm parked and the trailer is right beside the overcup tree. And I said, I, 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 Dan, I said, go get my chainsaw. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut this one to, to, so I can get across here. <laughs> the logger, when I told him what happened, he told me, he said, yeah, that's a jumping 
a jumping Betty or something. He he had a nickname. <laughs> jumping Betty. A jumping Betty. I've never heard that term. What does that mean? He said, that's happened to me before. And he said, I just want to tell you, more people have been killed. Jumping Betty. <laughs> jumping Betty than any other thing with a chainsaw. Because the, the, the tree was like this at an angle. Yeah. My truck is parked right here, right here. My truck's right there. I don't know how to describe that, but it's <laughs> so, beside. So the overcup is about even with my door. Yeah. So I get the chainsaw, and I begin to cut as low as I can right here. The overcup is about, it's about like that. Couple feet Couple around. Feet so around. it's a pretty good sized tree. When I got that chainsaw about halfway through that overcup, my truck's parked right here. When it began to fall with a chainsaw <laughs> before it fell as it went like this started falling a, a huge part of it split the middle of it split and this part came up it just come up as the tree is falling i instantaneously would save my life backed up hurriedly <laughs> when the tree hit the all the limbs and the when the tree hit in the slough, it hit, and this stump right here that I had just cut, I cut it halfway through. Is and that it started the jumping Betty? The stump. It when the when the main part of the tree hit the 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 ground, the slough, that log right there jumped up. I mean, about shoulder high. I'm standing right beside the truck. When I jumped back and moved, that thing jumped from from right here. Here's my truck, and it came up, and it just went kawoom. Is that the big dent in the back of your truck back there? I, I now I told <laughs> Dan Random said, "Are you all right?" I said, "Yeah, I'm all right." He said, "He said that caved your whole truck in. The whole back part of your truck is I caved in." I, I hadn't heard this part. <laughs> I said, "Dan, the good news is." I said, I now have a truck that looks like the Redneck's truck. <laughs> All of them got big dents in them. So I see. So the tree fell, but and then the, it pushed back. It pushed the uh, stump back, I guess. When it when it fell. Or the end of the I'm having a hard time. As soon, right? as, soon as it the hit. The end of the tree, actually. As soon as it hit like that, it jumped up and toward me. And just and the truck was like this. And then it just went. Boom. So if you had to so move not back, the stump, it what you just I'm dead. it's the end of the line. If I had to move back, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. It would have just crushed you. It would have crushed me. So it must have hit a It came an like angle. this close, and I was moving back, but it came like so close. And I just saw it coming up. I couldn't believe it got that high. And the logger said, yeah, one of them jumping Betty's. Said, but you got to watch that. He said, I bet he said, it was holler in the middle. I said, yep, it was holler. I got out in that holler, and it just, the, the, Half of it broke up like that it as it was falling. It was lighter. And then it broke know? off, and when the tree hit the ground, it just went. Pushed it back. Came up. I mean, it came up six feet. The thing hit and jumped up six feet and just went right in the truck. Well, now I've got a, a big overcut tree just stuck in the side of my truck like that. So I thought, well. Now we I got did, another I, problem. I just no, got to solve that. I got up there and had to solve that bigger section. It fell, went down the creek. I cut another one and I, where I get through and so that the blinds and I just passed on over it. <laughs> thanking the almighty that I'm glad you gave me the ability to get out of the way and get out of the way in a hurry. Did it, did, it, was it like at a force where you felt the wind come by? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Oh, it was just like you took a whole tree, raised it up six feet off the ground and ran it into a pickup truck. That's what, that's what happened. I never seen anything like it. And you were in between the tree and the pickup. I was between for a second. For a second, I moved and it came by. It was just if you don't move, you die. Yep. It was close. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it. Phil. <laughs> Man, me too. I, I have not heard this I, story. I heard the ten second version, which <laughs> Phil was cutting down a tree and it almost landed on him. That's all I heard. But that but, was much more. Uh, yeah. Uh, next one Violent. one time when we're down there, I'll show you that. But anyway, we took the blind around there, set it down on top of the pontoons, easy with a traco, raised the blind up off the trailer. We put it on it with a traco. We picked up the whole blind, set it down. But you have to place those those 
Plantation pond, pontoons. You got to place them just right. And I mean, you, I mean, a quarter of an inch. So we're down there and, and we just moved them over, kicked them over, moved them around, pried them over, and just set the blind right down on it. I tied ropes on it so they can't come out, you know. So, so Dan is a big, uh, he's a big machine operator now. So he operates. Dan has broken out and wanting to, to run heavy equipment. And I said, get on it. So he get. I said, take it easy, take it slow. Now he's slow as Christmas. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, he's, he's slow <laughs> and steady, but he just, he's just going across there. Yeah. So I told that, somebody. That plan sounds more dangerous because I remember, you know. The we guy were, that owns the outfit is Scott Harrington. I never had met him until he came over and did this job for me. But uh, I've never seen three men do that much work in that short a period of time. Three men, with they are armed with chainsaws. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people don't know what we're doing, but we're making a duck hole. Because the hurricane or the the year the two hurricanes hit, was that last year? Uh, last yeah, year. Last year. Yeah. Well, it basically downed how many? What percentage of the trees? I oh, mean, I would say. A, a fifth? Just, just put it this way. There are several thousand yeah, trees, trees were blown down. And I, they were just going to sit there and rot. And I said, you know what? So we're like, if you make us a couple duck holes, we'll give you the trees that are laid down. What are right. we going to do with them? It's enough. It's it's more than. You have to have logging big trailers and trucks and some kind of cutters or whatever to get the log. I didn't have it, all that equipment. So I said, I'll just keep. So I tried this log. Well, the, log the ground is tough to navigate also. Right. So it's well, not These like three you. showed up, but I've been amazed at how, how much three men can do with chainsaws and track holes. I mean, amazing. America. Jace, when you go over there, you know, it's it's a ready for to be viewed. When well, you're in the cell phone world, I, I get a daily video every day of the progress. So I'm I'm already amazed. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, wow. Jace is getting it real time. They call so it, it looks, real time. looks good. We, we got us a duck hole. If you look at the whole landscape over there, you know, we've got 1,600 acres, but but I'd say about 5% of it, 5 is all, or just have some kind of openings where there's grass and where we plant duck food and deer, deer plots. Yeah. So we, we're, Too we're, thick. we're planting them for the deer and the ducks. We, so overall, it's still, I don't like to cut down trees. Well, what about the running off the road thing? No, I thought that was part of this day you had. The tree almost hit you, and then you ran off the, the dump, or you took a wrong Did turn you, somewhere. Was there... Or was that just right? No, oh, no, I, 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 that, you know, just to get the thing there, I was just operating on just, I mean, I was barely getting the trailer in between these trees, big trees. And I didn't I didn't want to cut the trees down, but I ended up, I cut one and like they got killed doing that. So <laughs> I guess that's reason number 3,000. It uh, goes under the heading of what a man to do for a duck. Yeah, <laughs> he'll almost die. Oh yeah, well, yes. Yeah, how old George? He did down his property. He a rollover is what got. Oh him. yeah. How old was he? Eighties. He was about eighty. Eighties in his eighties. Yeah, I don't know that he was quite pulling the caper you did, but he was doing something like yep. that. But you know, I've said before, yeah, because you know, mom always worries about you. I worry about your daddy over there, and I said, mom, I mean, that's what he loves to do. Like, if you if you did die, we talked about this before. If if you die loving what you do. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, you know, the resurrection is the only chance we got. That's right. So I've looked. I've looked past all scourges and um, inflammation and getting <laughs> this and that and other tree and operations cutting, tree and, cuttings. And, and all. <laughs> Look, there's so many ways you can die, but the bottom line is, old age is pretty pretty well proven. That's what usually. That, that, yeah, that, I think that's the number one cause of death. They never put that on there. Yeah. But, uh, that's right. I'd put that at the top of the list. Yeah. It just got old. Well, uh, Josh, I don't, uh, I'm not a creative, but I think we should call this episode Jumping Betty. I think that's Jumping <laughs> Betty. Let's, let's take I'll a tell break. you what, it'll make you jump. If you don't <laughs> jump, you die. I think it was Jumping Fails, but yeah. we should call it Jumping Fails. Let's take a break. So, Jace, we talk a lot about sleep being important, but when you go overseas, <laughs> Does the sleep not take on a whole new meaning? I mean, from the trying to get a little bit going over there to then adjusting coming. Missy back. keeps thinking, 
think there's something wrong with me. I mean, I'm getting older. I said, we're we're messed up because we spent a week at a totally different time zone. Yes, when you're young, you can handle not sleeping a lot better than you can when you get older. One of the things that aids in our sleep is uh, one of our sponsors, a great company called Bowl and Branch, who make just quite simply the best sheets out there. Very, very comfortable, 100% organic cotton. Uh, every detail, they're fantastic. They got the deep fitted sheets, so you don't have to worry about them, you know, coming off your bed. They've got a 30 day risk free trial with free shipping and return. So, uh, even if you don't like it, which you will, uh, you have a way to send it back. So, we want you to check these guys out. Best sheets you've ever felt bowl and branch b-o-l-l and branch.com you get 15 percent off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code robertson when you check out that's bowl and branch.com use the promo code robertson and enjoy your sleep well it's i guess you can laugh about it now in the moment it probably wasn't so funny but i'm glad you made it then because we had to get back into this uh, matthew <laughs> Matthew 15 is where we're at if you're following along with us in our study. Certain events in a man's history, by the way, so y'all know, will will make him uh, drawn to just the idea of the resurrection of the dead. But that's one of them. Yeah. That's what that's one of them right there. Did that is that the flash that went through your mind there in you the, in, in the minutes after that? Said, yep. So how long did it take you to kind of say, oh, I almost died there and you I'd say within within one minute, I was over it. <laughs> we caught the tree, the tree was out of the way, and I'm up there on the I'm up there on the track trailer, and I'm easing on past it, and the and the blind just goes over that stump I just made about two inches. It just cleared it by about two inches. I said, I said, Dan, so for I said, Dan, this is a feat that you're participating in. He said, I never seen anything like it. He said, Good. Right? I've never he, even heard anything like he that. He said, We cut it close in more ways than one. So for 60 seconds, you went, Whoo. But the blind is there, and the loggers were kind enough to leave when we made the hole. It's not a huge hole, but it, it is a, we shot it with a transit to see how much water we will actually have. When air dump, when that dump was crossing, on how much we would hold. So they shot that, went up there and shot the elevation with a transit. What flat, was the result of that? Flat, I'd like to know. Because oh, I added on a little part of the hole, but uh, oh, it's a, it's a, so it's what the most was the, be- beautiful how, thing. How deep would it be? The water would be about, oh, down there where the blind is, about a foot deep. Mm. And it just goes out in the flatwoods out there. It's a whole, I call it, the, it's the Twin Oaks, West Side, West Side Twin Oaks hole. Twin Oaks, because oh, they got two big wordy. bull oak trees are like that. The blind is right in between them, and they pile up two br- piles of brush for me that I could use at my disposal to mm. brush it. Yeah. So I've got the brush already there. I just got to go over and push it up a little bit around it and put it on top. The West Side Twin Oaks? The West Sounds Side. Sounds like a, it's like a sub- subdivision. Yeah, yeah. Twin Oaks. Twin Oaks. The blinds right between two huge oak trees. Well, that's narrowed it down for me. <laughs> There's a lot of oaks. <laughs> we'll, 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 I'll have it where we can hunt that this year. We'll hunt that one. So I look forward to hunting that one. You know, when times get hard, go up there. A lot of woodies, a lot of wood ducks, but hey, yeah, I'll take they, them. They eat the best. That's the, wood duck I'm fingers. All, some I'm of the all best. about the wood duck fingers after we discovered that last year. Another way to eat a wood duck. What, the fried Woody? Yeah. Oh, yeah that thing go. is delicious. How did we never know about that? I mean, after all these years, we just discovered never it. Never tried it. Never tried it. Woody fingers. They but I good. thought about it when I ate a deer because it's basically what you're doing with a deer. It is. If you cut it thin. Well, and then it, Jay's got that little tenderizing technique. He cuts all his tendons. You tenderize it and yeah. you brine it. It'll be good. It is really good. It's like a little he steak. He brines it, then goes buttermilk. Then and the, the fingers are cut, and then he then he goes with the egg wash, mm-hmm. and he usually we usually season it after we fry. It. Right. It's like it fries up in. But it's I mean, good. But you don't want to. You don't want to. You you would not want to eat deer within a week before that. Yeah, because it's not as good as a young deer. Not as good. But 
But if you hadn't had deer in a while, well, it's pretty good. If you hadn't had deer good. in a while, it's pretty good. And it's it's a great way to eat a duck because there's not well, a lot of great I'll ways. I'll agree to... with that assessment. Yeah. So we're um, we're in Matthew 15, and um, I've noticed, have you all noticed, like, as we're going through Matthew, as we're going through this three-year ministry, now every time the Pharisees showed up, show up, it's another gripe about something. Plus, you it's, a, it's a... Hedging. It's it, it. There's there's a lot of confusion about something as simple as who is this guy? Right. Who is who is this for a person? I mean, there's still doubt. They're like, who? for well, he did. His doubts all over it. Yeah. But I've noticed their deal is, and I, I thought about this when we were when I was reading through this last night, that because you know I did church work for a long time, and you know when when things go south usually between a church and a leader, particularly a pastor or leader, it's usually because it's, it starts looking like every time somebody comes in, they've got something this guy is not doing they don't like. You know, it's like, yeah. and that begins to build up. That's the right. pressure comes up, and That's finally right. they either force him out or he leaves him. Our culture is full of that. Full of that. So I, I couldn't have Passing a... Passing judgment on others. And it's, well, it's, the, like it, a, and it's like you can't do anything right. Like every sermon. Well, it's, it's like a... a same th- analogy with like a football coach. That's right. You know, that very much. I so. mean, once, like you know, LSU coach O. I mean, you got to remember, two years ago they won a national championship. Yeah, best team but, ever at LSU, and one of the best teams in the history yeah. of college football. And all of a sudden, the you know half the coaches left, half the players left. They you know went pro or then whatever. the bunch didn't play because and, COVID. And so they, then COVID had you know so they they finished. 500 and it's like whoa 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 now whoa and then all yeah. of a sudden we don't know how to play football <laughs> this guy can't do anything and all our players started getting hurt <laughs> with you know even yeah. this year they i mean it's like 20 injuries or whatever yeah and so you look up within two like, years it's like he gone yeah. and i don't people have asked me what i thought about it i was like well I wouldn't fire a person within two years just based on results, but I'm not there, and I don't know right. all the the workings of because most of that stuff happens just like church leadership. The people who are around the situation, they they know more. But I do think it's interesting that the team that played the national championship game two years ago, LSU, which they won, they played Clemson. Well, Clemson two years later. Is having a horrible year. Yes. I think they're four and three. Same, yeah, same as those. So it's like those two teams were there. Well, and now you have their quarterbacks who are both starting in the pros, right. along with a lot of other bells and whistles players off that team. So you know, it's hard to, it's hard to do it every year. But it's the same. I, I've mindset. often wondered it, uh, if we fast forward Jesus so far, he has not told anyone. Unless they, they they should have seen it from what the prophet said, but they didn't. But this whole thing going up to Matthew 16, he hasn't told anybody yet what he is going to do, the big thing he's going to do. He's hinted at it. He's well, hinted he's at, hinted at it. He's hinted, hinted at it, but, yeah. but he hasn't just flat out told him, look, right. here's what's fixed to go down. Well, that's what I was going to make the point in that analysis. From this time on... I mean, you talk about it, it, it goes into what I mentioned, uh, the last podcast. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish. Where are you? For, that, that's the Apostle Paul just did, gave him a little history lesson in Acts chapter 13. This was after Jesus did what he said he was going to do. We're before he even said, here's yeah. what I'm going to do. Once he did it, when you get over in the book of Acts, God's talking. He said, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even yeah. if someone told you. Well, that's but, at the heart. Al, you got to remember, he says, you scoffers. Well, the scoffing stage is at a maximum. It hadn't even really started. It's fixing to really break loose. But I think once somebody Al's says, point, he sold you, what? He's going to do what? Al's point was good, though. They had just made up their mind, though, at this stage, because every time they were around them, they couldn't be friends because he's he's doing something. He or his disciples are doing something. Just how hard to sell would it be if Jesus showed up in modern day America? 
He showed up and he started walking around in the streets in these cities. Uh, what do you think, Al? How would it go down if Jesus himself showed up right now and started going across the, the, the great cities and this, that, the other, not moving very far? Maybe he just camps out in New York. But what would the uh, what kind of response would he receive, Al? If it should he, be think, just like it was here. I think it's the same one we get because yeah. theoretically, we're Jesus is in us. You know, the mystery of godliness is that Christ is in you. the The yep. further you go along this journey, the less it's about you, and the more it's about Him anyway. And so, I would think it's a pretty accurate depiction of of what happens. Some hate a lot, hate. Some don't care. And some say, huh. But you know, let's Do you think it. there'd be a few scoffers? Yeah. If Jesus showed up and saying, you'd go, you're going to do what? Yeah. You did what? Probably more or, than. Or how'd you pull that trick off? We heard you come up here, you know, some guy, you heal him. And he said, how'd you do that? I mean, I mean, would they just take it and say, well, good night. I believe in you. Well, you got scoffers. People scoff just because that's what they do. Tell me they about don't it. need a reason. Or, or, I've heard or, Facebook, there's a lot of scoffing going on. Is that true? <laughs> How do you hear all this stuff? I mean, Dan? Dan, 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 yeah. Dan says some guy said, gave a little statement. I, I, I've been bringing it up because I, I thought it was so funny. I, I had a, some deal with old Corona when we talked, you know. Corona, he's a Corolla. Corolla. Hang Corolla. On, Corona. Hang, hang on, Dan. Before you tell that, let's take a break. Corolla, you know, he's an atheist, he says. Corona. <laughs> but Corolla did say, he said, you know, I wish I were like y'all feel. I said, I wish you, I could have that. Yeah. He said, but I, I just, I just don't, 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 I'm not into it, you know. But he's the one that, and a lot of people heard us discussing, he being an atheist and me a follower of Jesus. So we talked. But uh, I didn't hold, hold against the guy. I love him. I mean, I'm, I hope he finds, finds Jesus. Mm -hmm. But, and well, I, and, I, and thought, I told him that I'm trying to convert you there, Corolla. I thought it was interesting our conversation with him because, speaking of scoffers, he being a comedian, he's dealing with some of the same thing we're talking about here, just in his world. He didn't scoff. No, about I mean, Jesus. He just what, said, "I wish I but had." These scoffers are supposedly believers. That well, that you know, That's what you said, thing. what would happen today? I, I know exactly what would happen. There would be people that claim to be followers of Jesus. If he showed up and he said something, they'd say, yeah, but you did, that's not what you said here. And they would go back then to their Bible and try to disprove <laughs> him fun. by what they thought he said 2,000 years well, ago. Well, when I was researching this, these the Pharisees and teachers of the law, because he, you know, Jesus asked them a peculiar question. I mean, they come up and say, your followers are not washing their hands which reminds me of modern-day culture. I mean, we went through a washing-your-hand rule That's in, right. in, our, in our society. That's right. And so he doesn't really answer the question. But they, this case, Jace, they didn't. They took it a step further. Before, they've always said they broke the law, they broke the law. The now they're just saying, why don't they keep our traditions? Well, we're I mean, saying, I mean, we're because, saying find Jesus, find Jesus, and you'll be okay. And they're saying more important than that is find a mask. And you will be okay. That's right. Well, or find the soap. They were saying, the hey, they're not washing their <laughs> That's hands. That's my point. Or soap. Where's their hand sanitizer? But you know, I, I, I read about this last night, too, because we both agree. We, when we read this, we were like, huh. Because it's not a passage that or a story that gets a lot of traction. Right. But they had the old law that God provided for the benefit of societies. Mm -hmm. And then they added to it with all these books. And there was a couple of books. I mean, I started writing them down, and I thought, well, I don't want to bore people with this. But these teachers of the law and Pharisees had all these massive amounts. I read somewhere where one of them was like 37,000 pages of traditions, all well-meaning, all that, that supported each and every situation that would come up in between the laws that God had already written. Ooh. The problem happened from what I read from scholars is that what they wrote long ago as meaningful in specific situations through the years just became the law it, yep. in all situations. So it's like, every, that's why when they're walking by and they see somebody eating, you know, on the Sabbath because he's hungry. I mean, 
is he actually working? No, he's hungry. He picked a grape and ate it. <laughs> and you're going to stop what you're doing and have a confrontation over that? And here you're like, did they wash their hands before they eat? Because I'm thinking, if a guy didn't wash his hands before he eat, I mean, I would rather you do that. But what's that on me? I don't care. <laughs> so, okay, if you got dirt streaming down your, you know, if you want to eat it, eat it. Right. But they stopped, and then all of a sudden made it a spiritual issue, which, which what I said is I think they their idea in mind was a respectful thing. Mm-hmm. But it took a turn <laughs> in Jesus' <laughs> mind because all of a sudden he, he leaves the washing the hands and said, well, you break the command of God for the sake of tradition. And his was a little more serious because he said, honor your father, father and mother. And so then he, then when, when did he get into, uh, yeah, then he quotes Isaiah down there in verse seven. He's like, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Then he, then he, a lot of that still goes on. Yeah, then he goes past the washing the hands. This is where I wanted to get to 10 and 11. And he called the crowd to him because he's like, they're not going to listen. Listen and understand what goes into a man's mouth does not make him unclean. Because that's what I think is interesting. They were asking about washing the hands, but he went into the actual what the food that was going in that doesn't make you unclean. Well, because what they were talking about was the ceremonial thing. About, you know, everything was about you make your food unclean if you're not properly washed. So they were taking everything to the nth degree. And that was the whole point. They were missing it. But, you know, Jesus, think about it. We we all would look at a question like this, and we would know that it's like, this is ridiculous. But then we're like, well, I don't want to judge their heart. But Jesus knows their heart. Well, so, right. like, he is judging their heart. Well, that's why I was going to say he made a point. They had all these food laws, too, that he supported. That in, yeah. in the old law. And so now all of a sudden. Because we know it makes sense to wash your hands. That helps you not get germs. I mean, there was exactly. a reason why all those things were there. But when you try to say you're, you're not, you're, your guys are not doing right by this, he, he brought it to the It beat. would be like somebody listening to this podcast and then they say, I don't think Jace thinks you ought to wash your hands. <laughs> you see? Yeah. I was like, yeah. no, I think you should wash your hands. But if you're you a germaphobe, you're- I'm not stopping my consumption of whatever I'm eating and addressing that. I will not do it. Or say that, that or or, or say, say that somehow you're not right spiritually. Well right. Or say, you know, you're in danger yeah. here of of falling out of God's graces. Clean hands or or hell. Not gonna do clean hands clean hands or hell. I, I tell you but, I tell you a good illustration, Jay, before you get to the next verse. To me, a perfect example, because this is something I've dealt with before. Let's take another break. So is people wear a hat inside a church building? You know, traditionally, you got to pick on me, huh? Traditionally, it's, it's called a hairnet. <laughs> right. Am I? No, but I, not just yeah. you. Other people too. So traditionally, people take their hat off when they go into a church building. It's kind of a tradition that's always been accepted. And I've always supported. It. I thought, well, that's good. So is it kind of like a sign of homage? I mean, worse, uh, yeah. People treat it as a sign of respect. Take your hat off when they do the national anthem there's stuff like that so it's a tradition and it's a good one I, I support it but but some people i've had some people that you know people come in they don't know they've never been in a build a church building mm-hmm. before they go like they go to a ball game or anything else they got their hat on i come up shake their hand hey welcome to wfr glad you're here but then i remember one time one brother he said in the back and he pulled me aside and he was just like this situation he said when is somebody gonna do something about all these people in here with hats on yeah. And I was like, do something. What what would you do? I mean, we got to put a stop to that. I said, yeah, this is disrespect. Though. Disrespect. And then he said, cause, and when we got all these thugs over here, you know, from these drug addicted people. And I said, you, <laughs> and I, then I got angry. I was like, Jesus. I was like, you are, you are just spewing out so much hatred and judgment to these people. I said, yeah. we're here to help people see who Jesus is. I don't care about their ass. What I was basically saying was what Jesus said. The tradition of wearing a hat or not, I, this person is here to find out who Jesus is. 
And that's what I'm focused What's on. What's so ironic about that is you remember that famous... Uh, and again, uh, same thing. You said, well, Al says it's okay to wear a hat. I, would, I take mine off. I'm not going to wear it, but I'm not going to bring up anything to anybody about wearing a hat or not wearing a hat. Oh, I've, I've had people corner me. And, I'm sure and, you have. And read, oh, Al. And read the verse, you know, in First Corinthians twelve. He, you yeah, know, he who right. prays with his head covered right. is dishonoring his head. And and of course, I always say, "Can you tell I'm a man?" <laughs> of course, that makes it awkward because they've already confronted me over over the hat. And they're like, "What do you mean?" Like by looking at me, would you assume that I'm a man? Is that a really ugly one? Yeah. I said, we're good. (laughs) Because that was the point of it. And then it's like, what does that have to do with anything? But I'm like, no, we're good. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Because that has everything to do with first grade. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. But, I mean, and it is about the heart. And, I mean, I take my hat off when we pray, you know. But if I didn't. It's not a sin. No. It has nothing That's what I'm to saying. do with the it's, heart. It's a tradition. Not, not at all. Yeah. And it so, makes no difference. In a, but I had another guy come and said, would you go over there and tell those three guys to take that hat, their hats off? And I said, I will not. I've never seen these three people before. This is the first time they've ever been here. I'm not going to do it. And I looked at him and said, and neither are you. Yeah. Or you and I are going to have problems. But here's I've got the, a better one than that. I've never thought about that. Yeah. I've never actually personally thought about Somebody having a hat on or off. Well, even cross you your shouldn't radar. be. Never you shouldn't be. But let me give the you reason a, I had to is because I got confronted by some other person. Let me give you it was a, just like these Pharisees. Let me give I you would a, a, turn around and say, "Dude, what?" Let me give you an analogy on why that's so stupid. Is you remember that? I think he was a gangster in the on the Las Vegas strip back. I mean, we're going. I'm going back 40, 50 years. That guy Bugsy. They had a movie about it. Yeah. Well, he, built, he builds a hotel, and you know why his hotel, he had everything you could have. You know why his hotel didn't make it on the Strip? How could you not make it on the Las Vegas Strip when you're pouring all this money? Because he didn't like people to wear their hats when they came in. So he's like, you have to take your hat off. Well, most of the people at that time were cowboys, and they, they're like, we ain't taking our hat off. <laughs> So the people who cropped up right around him, they were like, oh, you can wear a hat here. And not only that, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Because what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Because <laughs> they're gambling. Yeah. You know? But I'm like, my point is the same thing happened here on the exact opposite end of a spectrum from a church building over this same rule, over a respect thing. And so to me, when you see that kind of irony, you're, you're way off of what you should be. That's right. Worried That's about right. that, you know, having exactly. a hat on the top of your head is not significant. No, that's correct. And if yeah. that's what you're focused on, which is what I told one of the brothers, I said, if that's what you're focused on, you don't need to be here. Yeah, I've never thought about that one. Wearing yeah. a hat. Well, I think it all came from the First Corinthians issue. Which, look, I think it was more of a when you read the entire book, go to Corinth, which I did, and look around. They had a major gender issue, and a bot just they were obsessed with their bodies. I mean, they when they ran the marathon where These we get, where, where we of, got that yeah. idea. Look, Phil, they ran naked. Oh yeah. So at least we don't keep doing that. I yeah. mean, well, <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't be so sure. Well, about I think that. the New York marathon. At least most people have something on. But so here's what's interesting in verse twelve: the disciples came to him and asked. Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? What Jesus had just said about, hey, don't worry about what goes in, what what comes out. And I love it. He says, he replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Now, that's pretty obvious to me. Yeah. But I love it. Peter said, explain this parable to us. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. it was almost like, I don't know if they just had a hard time thinking, well, how, you know, the Pharisees are the Pharisees. You know, we've always trusted these guys to be. You're going against them? Yeah, you're saying they're blind guides? I mean, you know, he was like, what, what exactly does this mean? And then his answer is, are you still so dull? <laughs> Which I, I kind of get it, because, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's not a real hard parable to understand. He's been talking about these guys. Then he says, look. Don't listen to them. Yeah. They're going to lead you down a road you do not want to go. And then he just kind of ignores them. Right. And starts talking to the crowd as in, 
they're they're just not they're not going to listen. Of course, then he gets. I mean, you talking about throw him under the bus. He says in verse twelve and thirteen, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Leave them. They are blind guides. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into the pit. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. And then he goes right back in verse 17 and says, don't you see, he just goes back to his earlier point. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these Make a man unclean. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sex, immorality, and he goes through the whole list. These are what make a man unclean. But eating with unwashed hands does not make him unclean. Yep. Pretty pretty straightforward. But Very even like, look, when I was in Greece the last day, I told when missing, I told you about eating the fish on the shore and it was beautiful and all. What I didn't tell you is right to our right, there were people swimming. Half of them didn't have clothes on. And I think that was the reason they didn't go down there. <laughs> but I was like, take me to the beach. <laughs> I need some fish. So we were walking down. We decided to walk the other way, me and one of the uh, the leaders that had been converted, and he had his son. And so his little boy said, look, we're sitting there talking. We're really not paying attention. There's nobody on this side, I mean, that you could really tell. And uh, the boy's like, look. So when we looked up, well, there were two women on the beach, one of them, and the boy's like pointing like, look, because she, she had no top on. Well, when the the leader looked at me, he's like, I'm so sorry. I was like, what are you sorry for? It's not your fault. He's like, well, I brought you down here. I was like, as long as we stay away from the second look, we're good. <laughs> of course, he was like, what, what do you mean? And so I I made this exact analogy. I was like, well, your son, he's the one that led us into temptation. (laughs) I said, and we acknowledged that. I was like, then we looked at each other. I said, but we didn't look back. I was like, because then, I mean, your heart is a long ways from what you see as you're walking down the beach, you know? And he's like, can I use that? I was like, oh, I didn't come up with it. I got this (laughs) He's like, that's good. It's the second look. Uh, Let's take our last break. Yeah, we call it, we call it notice and dismiss. I mean, you can't, as a man, it's hard not to notice a half dressed woman as you walk past, but then you dismiss the idea that she's over there. And to her credit, when the little boy pointed at her, she did put her, put a shirt on, you know, she put a top on. Cause I think that embarrassed her. This little boy like, look, daddy. (laughs) And it's hard because yeah. Americans, I mean, look, we got plenty of scantily clad bikini women all over, but we're not quite in Europe. They just go yeah. to the, you know, topless. That's that's their deal. But I see. I've got so many a statues giant, a giant swing on trying to watch a Monday night football game. There's a giant swing to get around all the gyrating <laughs> boobs flying in every direction. Yeah. I'm like, man. <laughs> I said, give me a break. I just want to watch a ball game here. I remember the last time we were in New York. It's, it's just, it's just our, our culture, it just, it's beginning to rot. We were in New York, Jason, uh, doing some stuff. I can't remember the last project, but, but we were we had filmed in uh, Times Square, right in the middle, heart of New York, you know, their uh, tourist district. And I said, Dad, what do you think about this place? <laughs> you look, of course, there's just big screens everywhere in that Times Square. And dad said, all I see is gyrating humans. <laughs> that was your take on Times Square. Cause it was just these, oh. the sides of building screens of nothing but just, commercials and, oh. and models and people dancing around. After well, a while, I'm like, give me a break. I, mean, I think there's a lot of applications you can make here, but one of them is you don't need to make rules to try to get around these situations more rules is not going to work correct that i i you know i don't think if i've told the one, point i've told thousands look just love god and love your neighbor and you, it, it's not rule oriented it's just a change of heart love the one who has created the cosmos has saved you by appearing dying on a cross being buried and raised from the dead i said 
that, that that's pretty well it. No rules. You know, yeah, and, but and, they're stunned. They say, yeah. "Oh, well, they're bound to be some rules." I said, "No, there's no rules." You know, in Colossians two, <clears throat> he goes through the burial. You know that we get to partake in the death and burial, yep. and and the resurrection in Jesus. You know, in two twelve, it says after he just said you had your sinful nature cut off, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith, and he gets to fourteen says he forgave us all our sins he canceled the written code with its regulations well then when he gets to 20 he says since you died with christ to the basic principles of this world why do you why as though you still belong to it do you submit to its rules and he starts naming do not handle do not taste do not touch these are all destined to perish because they're based on human commands and teachings such regulations have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, false humility, and harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. And I do believe there's an underlying current here that he was telling them, you can have a hundred thousand rules and traditions. It, it's not. It's not going to work. Yeah, it, they won't change you and they won't save you. They I mean, won't change you and they won't save you, even though they're they may be great right. and, and good. And that's why we live. I mean, Titus too, you know, we're the grace of God teaches us to say no. This is more about why you're doing something and what motivates you and your heart between you and God, him knowing your soul and your your being and how you feel when you do mess up and how why you were walking down the beach and what you were thinking. I mean this once you acknowledge that, I think that's what he's after. So I would say the second application off of that one is to focus on the spiritual and not the physical, meaning that the whole point here was their focus was only what's going into your body, which Jesus is like, on the scale of what matters to me, that's so low, what you eat, how you eat it, the process by which you do that compared to what's in your heart, meaning your bi- yeah. your mind, your, your your biblical heart, and what you're thinking and what you're saying and the actions that you're doing. I and mean, He said, that's what I'm focused on, is having a good heart, not necessarily the proper food, digestion, and all the ceremonies. But it's stuff. still whatever your narrative is, because somebody may hear that and say, well, I'll just say I can be 450 pounds. Yeah. Because well, yeah, it doesn't matter what goes. And, right. Hey, you might have a salad. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, isn't that the way it works? It's exactly. like every it's time extreme. You, you try to get people to focus on Jesus and have a heart that loves God and loves each other and loves themselves now that they have yeah. the spirit of God, you right. know, and, and the surrender that they're participating in. And but they're still looking for ways around <laughs> to do what they want to do or or make themselves feel better about the the situation or the people they're with. Right. So back to our earlier illustration, that's why someone can be with a group of people in assembly together or whatever and meeting and only be focused on what they're seeing physical, the way a person's dressed, the way a person looks, the way the person, whatever, instead of saying, you know what, praise God, this, I need to meet this person. This person may not know Christ. I mean, you know, that's a vision of looking at things through a spiritual lens as opposed to just how you carry yourself, what you look like, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of, but, but I mean, that should be the last thing with it. Like that's it. The best thing is if I'm, if I'm in leading and I'm talking about Jesus and there's a group of people there, I'm not really too concerned about any of what they look like coming in, what they're wearing, what they're not wearing. I, my concern is much more about, are they going to? Am I going to introduce Jesus to this? It took person? seventy-five exactly? years, but now I understand depravity can go mainstream quickly if you're not careful. Oh yeah, it can go quickly. Right. Well, it is mainstream. In oh, it's most mainstream. of the earth, which is sad. I remember I was back when we, years ago we had gone through school, you know, and I preached at a place, and then they asked me if I would do it they were in transition so i was like yeah i'll give you a few weeks well one week i got up just shared jesus and i didn't offer the invitation because no one had responded and it was the same people there i just didn't you know how that you do at the end if anybody's got a need stand and look we sat in silence for about 30 seconds and one of the guys he said you forgot to do the invitation 
I said, yeah, I just thought if they wanted to respond, they would. <laughs> He's like, but I don't think we can go on unless you do an invitation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that we were, st- we were, you were frozen. We, we had frozen. I haven't found that particular verse that you must squeeze in to have the invitation. So on. I said, well, That's I'm glad funny. you brought it up. I said, you do it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't that say That was pretty mean. good for a young, you didn't have a lot of experience. That was pretty quick. Well, you know, I would just felt like I was a little frustrated. Yeah, right, right. And uh, I just thought this will be a good thing to learn. And so then the next week when I got up there, I talked about stuff like this. I was like, well, you're in such a routine. and Because you're like, well, we didn't have an invitation. I was like, when's the last time someone actually responded around here? <laughs> right. They all laughed. <laughs> Years. But we can't get up and walk out until that part yeah. of the service has been conducted. It was like when I was 18 and baptized the first guy. I was so excited. You know, I was, I mean, I was on fire for Jesus. An old guy, brother, come up, put his arm around me. He said, you did really good. I said, oh, thank you. You know, I was so excited. He said, but you forgot to say for the remission of sins. <laughs> he said, "He said, but you know what? I prayed about it. I think it's going to be okay. And I was like, oh, thank you, brother. <laughs> like, as long as you got me cleared, I didn't mess this yeah. guy's salvation up. <laughs> So that offers a question. Why do people like rules, regulations and rules? Jace read the text over in Colossians. I think relationships. What's, what's with that? I are, mean, because they find security. Why do just lighten up and loosen up and say yeah. no rules? Just look, love God, love your cause, neighbor. Because relationships are unpredictable. That's right. You don't know what's going to happen. you got to work at it harder. If you, get in, if you have a ritual in your mind, anybody can do that. They just teach you the ritual. All right, tell me what I need to do. Tell me what I shouldn't do. Let's just oh, I got going. that. Yeah. But when you, you know, just the illustration of marriage, try that in marriage. See how long that lasts. Yeah. Well, I followed all the rules. Our culture has become infatuated with rules. Yep. I've never seen anything like it. Rules that sometimes make no sense make and, can, no and sense. can't be kept. Yep. Yep. All right, we'll try to do better next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.